0: Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott.
1: Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Well, this is a special edition of the podcast. We're going to take a look back at one of the more memorable moments in the history of the Union College hockey rivalry with RPI. There have been many moments, but this one stands out in particular. It took place on January 25th, 2014. It was the second edition of the Capital District Mayor's Cup. Union had won the inaugural event uh, the previous year. And uh, Union had dominated RPI for the last 10 games. with a 10-game winning streak coming in to the 2014 game at uh, Times Union Center, which is now MVP Arena. And tensions were running high. I mean, the last game the two teams played at Houston Fieldhouse, there was a lot of uh, extracurricular activity towards the end of the game. And uh, so the tensions, like I said, were high coming into this game. And uh, Union's been playing well and uh, having a chance of winning another ECAC hockey regular season title, and maybe even contenders for a national championship. So in this game, it was a tight game, 1-1 uh, through two periods. Uh, Shane Gottsberger scored a shorthanded goal at the 8:04 mark of the first period. Um, Milos Bubela scored uh, a 5:17 into the second period. The score remained 1-1 until late. In the third with a 3.38 remaining, Mike Zeluski scored and uh, proved to be the game-winning goal, and RPI snapped a 10-game uh, losing streak against Union with a 2-1 victory. But uh, there was two seconds left, about two seconds left in, the, in that game. Uh, there was an icing call against RPI, and there was a face-off in the uh, RPI right circle. I mean, Union, it was taking a miracle for Union to, to uh, try to get a, a tying goal there. And uh, Mike Vecchioni of Union faced off against Brock Higgs. Higgs won the draw, drew it back toward the corner. And that was the game. Uh, RPI started to come out. The players started to come out to celebrate. Well, as the players were coming out to celebrate, um, Union captain and, and defenseman Matt Bode, a little frustrated, uh, cross-checked uh, Brock Higgs. And then, let's just say, chaos ensued. Uh, and RPI saw that, and they started surrounding Bode and some of the uh Bodie's teammates came to help out. Meantime, the union uh, players on the bench were held back for as long as they could. But then they uh, came off the bench, and then it was just a, a crazy scene. And then things, once things settled down, I guess you could say the main event took place, a shocking main event, where union head coach Rick Bennett went after RPI head coach Seth Afford, And uh, it was just an unbelievable sight. I, I recall looking down and watching it, and I just, couldn't believe what I was seeing and if you know Rick Bennett uh, well I mean, he was a tough hockey player in the pros and wasn't afraid to drop the gloves and he uh, wanted to go, go after Seth I mean he was, had his hand cocked and I think he did throw a punch but connected did not connect with Seth uh, but uh, uh, they were able to be separated and there was one other fight Luke Car- uh, Quarty of uh, RPI uh, and Eli Lichtenwald at union uh, more of a wrestling match as Luke described it uh, to me but um, in the end, um, 19 penalties totaling 125 minutes were issued after uh, everything was settled down, and we'll talk a little bit how that uh, came about. Uh, um, I can read the penalties here right now. Uh, Matt Bode got two for roughing, five for face masking, a 10-minute uh, disqualification, which meant uh, he was suspended for the next game, which is against St. Lawrence. Uh, Daniel Carr and Mike Vecchioni each got two for roughing, and a 10-minute misconduct, and uh, licked the wall five for fighting and a ten uh, a game disqualification on the RPI side. Brock Hayes got five for face masking. That was a major and a ten uh, a game misconduct. Did not get disqualification, so he was able to play the next game. Uh, Ryan Haggerty and Bo Dolan he's got uh, a roughing minor and a ten minute misconduct. Uh, Mike Zalewski got five for fighting a ten minute uh, a game disqualification, and Coardi fighting and a game disqualification. Uh, that was just the beginning of everything. things. Um, on that Sunday, uh, Union College took action immediately. Uh, they suspended Rick Bennett for two games. And then uh, ECAC Hockey uh, came out with its uh, list of suspensions, uh, including uh, Daniel Champini. He got a one-game suspension. Uh, you could see on the video that he did grab uh, one of the RPI players' face mask. Uh, Champini was not penalized at the time. And also, Bodie got an additional game suspension, so he ended up missing the North Country trip. And uh, then two days later, I mean, I don't know why the league waited so long, but the the league decided to, uh, to suspend Rick Bennett two games. So, he, in fact, Bennett had a four-game suspension, and Seth Thappert got a one-game suspension. So Bennett missed uh, two weeks of action, and uh, Seth just missed the uh, game at Clarkson up in the North Country. Uh, Union went up to the North Country and uh, lost to St. Lawrence 2-1. Uh, and that would be the last time they would lose. Um, Union went to Clarkson the next night and got Champini and licked the wall back in the lineup. And Union was down 2 nothing in the second period, but Champini got things going for uh, the Dutchman. I'm going to call them the Dutchman there because they were the Dutchman back then. Uh Champini scored at eleven oh three of the second period to make it two to one, Clarkson. And um, thirty-five seconds later, Max Novak scored it was two two heading into the third. James Howden scored at one oh one of the third to give Clarkson a three-two uh, lead. But Champini assisted on Max Novak's second goal of the game, a power play tally at nine oh five, and then at twelve thirty-four, Matt Wilkins won it. And the uh, Dutchman took a 4-3 victory. And that started a 17-game unbeaten streak. 16-0-1, culminating with the national championship down in Philadelphia when the the Union beat Minnesota 7-4 at Wells Fargo Center. So that was... Yeah. And then talking with, you know, we're going to hear, we're going to hear some from the uh, participants, uh, in that uh, memorable game. And then, you know, for the union side, it was obviously a, a rallying point, the brawl and it unified the team. And, uh, like I said, they got, it was, um, I mean, you, they lost to St. Lawrence, but you just sense that uh, this team was, was good already and they just went to another level after that. And, uh, uh, just an amazing run that that culminated, I said, culminated with a championship. So we're going to have, uh, like I said, interviews with many of the um, participants, players, uh, coaches, uh, one referee, and Chip McDonald, and then um, uh, Times Union now uh, MVP, General Manager uh, um, MVP Arena General Manager Bob Belzer. So we're going to get here from a lot of people on this podcast and getting their thoughts. So, uh, so we'll, t- we'll take a little break and we'll hear from uh, some of the players involved. Uh, and we'll start you off with Matt Boney in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
2: It's the most historic conference in college hockey. It's a battle, night in and night out. ECAC Hockey, an iconic conference home to 12 of the most prestigious universities and programs in the world and showcasing the best student athletes in the sport. Top-notch facilities and arenas, incomparable traditions, passionate fans, alumni who go on to become elite professionals, leaders, and champions. ECAC Hockey, there's no experience like it.
1: Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google app stores.
0: Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Chad Arnold.
3: You're listening to the and Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott.
1: Welcome back to the podcast as we look back at the uh, 2014 Mayor's Cup brawl uh, against between RPI and Union. Let's uh, hear from some of the participants uh, that night. Uh, I spent the last couple of months uh, reaching out to uh, several players, coaches, and uh, some fascinating interviews and uh, you know, rec- some recollections and uh, of the sort. So let's begin with uh, Union defenseman Matt Bode. Matt's been uh, 10 years since the uh, incident at the Mayor's Cup. Uh, what do you remember about, about that night?
4: Uh, first off, I remember we lost the game. Uh, that's was kind of the biggest takeaway but uh yeah there's some uh some melee at the end of the game there and uh emotions were high obviously playing your your crosstown rival there but uh you know looking back on it you know it's not something I think we're, we're proud of as a group but uh definitely brought us closer together and uh you know we went on quite the run after that so
1: yeah, I happen to... Uh,
4: kind of just an interesting part.
1: Yeah, I, I, I remember, I was watching a tape recently on, on YouTube, and uh, you uh, gave a little bit of a shove to Brock Higgs there as, as the buzzer sounded, and the RPI players are coming off the bench to celebrate the victory. Uh, I mean, did you sense that something was going to brew there once you, uh, uh, you know, shoved Higgs there?
4: Um, you know, not really, Like. Mm-hmm. You know, heat of the moment, you know, guys coming out to you right off the draw there. Uh, you know, hands got up a little high on my part, certainly there, but didn't think uh, much more of it was going to happen. I do remember, as you said, their whole team had jumped on and the guy said uh, Rick had held most guys back. So I think we were outnumbered there for a little bit, but uh, things kind of turned quickly there.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you said there was no regrets, but you know, looking back on that, I mean, how much did that really turn the season around? Because you, I mean, after the, yeah, you lost the next game because you had several players, including yourself, suspended. Uh, Rick was suspended, but uh, after that game, how did how did that bring the team closer together?
4: You know, any, anytime a team goes through something like that, uh, you know, you got you, you got each other's back and. uh you know, guys are pulling for each other and you know stories happen and it, it's something you talk about as a group um and, and you know like you're, you're you're proud to be battling out there with the guys so I, I think that's part of it and i you know i think most guys have been a part of you know some hockey brawls in the past so i don't think it was anything uh too out of the ordinary for uh, for most guys on the team
1: what was the m- the mood like and the locker when we're afterwards, I man, I, obviously losing the game didn't, wasn't probably, uh, you know, obviously losing the game was a factor, but what happened, Yeah, with what happened in the aftermath, uh, was there a lot of talk about, uh, what happened or was you, it was just one of those things, just get, get dressed and get the heck out of there.
4: Yeah, maybe that a little bit, uh, I don't think there was a whole lot of talk because as it was happening i don't think anyone knew exactly what was going on you know there's a skirmish over here a skirmish over there so i think guys were more thinking about the loss getting out of there and then maybe on the bus ride back over the next few days kind of recounting what had happened on the ice after
1: and i remember that monday you guys had the the press conference and it was the electricity went out at uh, on the campus there and we were you know talking to you guys down uh, downstairs at, at Messer Rankin, it was. It seemed like a somber press conference. I mean, did you guys you know, realize this, the gravity of the situation? with the suspensions and all that stuff, I mean, did it finally hit you guys that uh, <laughs> something's something's amiss here?
4: I think it's just uh, yeah. You're not happy. You're suspended, and you you accept the the punishment. And- Move on. I don't think anyone was uh, dwelling on it uh, all that much. Obviously, being at home uh, on campus the next weekend while the guys were playing games, that that wasn't a fun feeling, but wasn't something we were gonna let affect uh, us going forward.
1: I mean, how proud of you are you of how the you know, guys took you know, went up to, to the North Country? You know, you lost to St. Lawrence, but you rallied. They rallied to win the uh, game at Clarkson. And that loss to St. Lawrence was the last one you guys had, uh, for the remainder of the season.
4: Yeah. Uh, like I said, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a fun weekend for myself and the other guys that were suspended and, uh, you know, watching, uh, watching the first loss, uh, it was tough. And then, uh, like you said, we, we battled back the next night to, to get a result there. And, uh, I thought that was a, a big step moving forward, just uh, guys out of the lineup, coach, coaching staff uh, out of the lineup and being able to, to come away with something from that trip. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of turned it into a positive.
1: To see, you know, Rick, I think Rick got the most uh, severe penalties out of him. I mean, he got to spend it twice two for two games by the college and then two more by uh, ECAC Hockey. I mean, did you happen to see what triggered that over at the bench there with him going after Seth?
4: Uh, no, I didn't. I was on the ice, obviously, kind of part of the skirmish going on there. But, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe something was said. Uh, I don't exactly know. But uh, it was a nice feeling knowing your coach had uh, had your back. So, uh, obviously, not something any of us would have uh, wanted to happen. But you, the takeaway is, uh, yeah, the, these guys got our back. And, uh, you know, we're going to go play hard for them.
1: Did that surprise you a little bit that he was getting into it with Seth at all? I mean, did you happen to see any of it at that point with the skirmishes going on?
4: No, I I literally had not seen any of it. Um, Again, I I was on the ice there, and even going back to the locker room afterwards, like, I don't think most guys on the team knew the full extent of what had gone on, right? Like, you're watching somewhere else or you're part of it, and you come off and you hear, oh, like the coaches almost went, i like, what? <laughs> like, so, like I said, I, I don't think many guys actually knew what was going on or what had happened until the next day or that night when, uh, you know, video came out.
1: Yeah, look, you know, obviously looking back now, I mean, you said at the, maybe you're not proud of it. In a way, do you smile at it a little bit and say, oh, that was kind of fun?
4: i mean we're hockey players like it's uh you know part of the game a little bit it's definitely not as much anymore but uh you know like no i wouldn't say i'm proud of it but uh you know proud of the run that kind of sparked from it so i guess we'll we'll take that positive from it
1: what did you learn about uh, that what lessons did you learn from that
4: Uh, I I guess just the most important is, uh, make sure you're, you're sticking up for your teammates and, uh, you know, guys were willing to jump in and the coaching staff, uh, you know, Rick's message after the game, we're sticking together. Um, you know, we were a really tight, close knit group that year. And obviously the, uh, the, the season ended the way we wanted it, but, um, I guess the other thing you learn is uh, you don't let the negatives kind of affect you because there was a lot of negativity coming from that. And uh, we just kind of pushed that aside and kept going towards our uh, ultimate goal.
1: Yeah, I think I was a little critical of it right after that, too. So I don't know if you guys ever read that. But, uh, um, yeah, it was, I, yeah, I mean, I look, man, I, I grew up in Philadelphia with the Flyers and the Broad Street Bullies. So yeah, to me, it's like it's hockey. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's illegal to fight in college, but it was – yeah, you know, it's it. It adds the to, to the lore in this in the history of this RPI Union rivalry, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, you know, it. There's a time and a place for hate, uh, fighting in hockey, and you know, like you said, it's illegal in college hockey. But you know, it's also illegal to guy a trip a guy in a game. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you take the penalty and you move on. Um, I think that's kind of the mindset we had going forth with that. But you know, always. Uh, those RPI union games, you never needed any extra motivation to, to get up for them. But, uh, you know, those, I think moving forward, that kind of added something to the rivalry, like you said. Now let's
1: hear from uh, RPI center Matt Bode, who is the obviously the victim of uh, uh, Bode's cross check. Well, Brack, uh, let's talk about that Mayor's Cup game from 2014. Uh, you got cross-checked by Matt Bodie there at the end of the game. That really triggered everything. What do you remember about that uh, incident and that night?
5: Yeah, that was uh, one one heck of a night, to put it at least. Um, I think everything had been building from the, uh, the years before, obviously, with the Union and all the games you played in the Mayor's Cup and how they had uh, taking it to us a few times but that one meant a lot obviously a bit more for me being my senior year um but yeah basically I just remember we were already kind of celebrating a little early than what was probably on the clock and we had a a d-zone face off that I was out there for and just knowing that um I don't think they really had enough time to get it through to us into the net and in without you know something crazy happening so um I just remember went kind of just behind I forget who I was taking the draw against but just behind his legs and I kind of popped out there and ended up taking a cross check in the face, and then it was just mayhem from there. I could see over Bodie's shoulder kind of our bench, and guys, I think, had already started coming on the ice to celebrate, so it was uh, a little bit of a bad mix in that sense that he did that at that
4: time.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, uh, Mike Becchioni who won the faceoff. I recall looking at the video. Um, I mean, obviously, you guys are out there celebrating, and you just sort of you know, waiting to go on the ice and – and it, I think it took a while before they went on, and that's when I think everything uh, did mean. How angry were you when uh, you got cross-checked in the face?
5: Yeah, I mean, it was. I wasn't as angry as I expected. I think it was because at that point, just like in, in most other games, when the other team starts to do something stupid at the end and you're winning, you kind of just laugh in their face because that'll get them more fired up than you being mad. So it was a bit of mixed emotions, but... Uh, I obviously got a little more angry when you see a couple of our guys coming on to celebrate and then they bump into a union guy and they bump him back and then it was kind of a melee from there. So then it kind of, the tempers flared, but originally it wasn't too bad.
1: Well, then it got really, I think when things were starting to calm down a little bit, that's when uh, uh, Seth and uh, Rick went at it. I mean, how shocked were you when that was going on?
5: Yeah, for sure. uh, Definitely seeing it escalate to that point and I think even... I mean, knowing Seth for all those years, he wasn't really a fighter. But uh, having Kirk McDonald on the bench there, knowing him and even skating with him back when he was still playing, he's definitely got a a little fire to him. So I think Kirk getting into it a bit fired Seth up even more. And then obviously you knowing Rick, he wasn't going to back down by any chance. So definitely didn't see it going there, but wasn't surprised it did.
1: In talking with Kirk, I mean, he, he says he looks back on it now and, and sort of laughs about it, but the, I mean, can you laugh about it now, just 10 years after what happened?
5: I think for sure you can. It's just like everything else. Um, I mean, looking back now, 10 years, you're a bunch of young, dumb kids, you could say, but it's just like the heat of the moment like anything else. Even all those years in school and juniors and in the pros that you play against your buddies, things happen, and, and you're hockey players, you're competitive, you always want to win, regardless if it's your best friend or not uh just temper's you know get the best of you sometimes but after the fact it's not a uh it's never really or most of the time at least it's not a personal thing or a personal vendetta it's just that's that's hockey and that's the game you played. so um looking back now obviously it's uh no severe consequences or anything so you can laugh at it
1: yeah what was the uh, locker room celebration like uh obviously you mentioned I uh, the union had won 10 straight going into that game against you guys and uh, to win uh, your first mayor's cup in, in the second year of, of this game. Uh, what was the celebration like, uh, afterwards?
5: Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was definitely a lot of celebrating, but I think guys were almost, um, their nerves were just fried, I think from the end of that. And, and I think it was probably about 20, 25 minutes before everything kind of got settled and we were relaxed, but I even remember getting on the bus after and there were people out there booing and that from union still, <laughs> and then RBI fans that were, were yelling at them. So, uh, But even the whole way home and and right immediately after, our phones were blowing up with friends and everybody that watched it. And even people back home saying, holy, we can see you guys on on Twitter and everything like that. So it was just, it was a bit of a a roller coaster, to be honest.
1: Yeah, all that attention, I mean, not just locally, but nationally. I mean, how shocked were you that it really reached a, a national level like that?
4: Um. Yeah, I'm not
5: really shocked to be honest, uh, especially with the exposure that college hockey been getting in recent years and the growth and the trajectory it was on. But it was almost fun to see it because you always see the other highlights of you know not fighting, but good hockey highlights across the board and on Twitter and everything. It was kind of at its peak then in, in school for us, so it was kind of neat to see ourselves up there for once instead of watching other people's. Let's
1: head back to the Union side now and hear from uh, forward Daniel Champini and get his thoughts on the situation. Yeah, let's talk, talk uh, 10 years ago with the uh, Mayor's Cup game, the second one in, in the uh, history of this, uh, and it was a memorable night, uh, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons. Take it back. What do you remember about that night?
6: Yeah, I mean, it, obviously the rivalry is huge. Um, you know, we knew it was a big game for ourselves going into it. Um, you obviously never expect the, the outcome in the way that game ended. That's obviously not what we were intending to do but I think emotions were high and you know two passionate teams and obviously they were excited to beat us um and and I think you know things kind of just boiled over but I thought you know overall from what I can remember it was a really good game it was a back and forth game uh, I've even talked to some guys that were on RPI um you know just like a high-paced game uh, that we kind of were both involved involved in the game and um yeah they, they got the best of us so um, unfortunate for the, like I said, for the spillover at the end, but uh, definitely a, a good hockey game. It's nice to have a, an arena like that that can, uh, that can seat both both fan bases um, and kind of have uh, both fan bases chanting and, and cheering the whole game.
1: Yeah. At the end of the game, there's a final buzz of sound. I mean, I happened to watch a video uh, a couple weeks ago. It was Matt Bodie who cross checked Brock Kigs, and the RPI teams coming out to celebrate and that sort of uh, triggered things. And I think Rick uh, kept everybody on the bench for the most part until it was, you know, at the point there, and we, did you sense something was going to happen when, you know, the RPI players started gathering there? Uh, and, and cause I, I know you ended up getting a one game suspension out of it. So would you take me through, what was that like, you know, that whole scene you know, coming off the bench and then you know, all chaos breaks out?
6: Yeah, I think I I don't know. I don't know what happened. Obviously, I didn't really. We never even asked Matt, obviously, what happened initially. I think, um, you know, it it was kind of just like I said, it was like a spillover from the game. It was, you know, last couple seconds trying to get, you know, shots, whatever the case was. And then, um, yeah, obviously, you kind of run into that issue when you're in the offensive zone and their team is going to congratulate their goalie. And uh, I just think, you know, you know, the way that it unfolded with, with, you know, Matt coming out, um, you know, and kind of catching them high. And I think maybe it it caused, once they started skating pretty pretty quickly off the bench, um, you know, it kind of caused like a a melee. And I never thought that that's what it was going to turn into. But obviously all of their guys were on the ice now, and there's only six of us because we had the six on five. So, um, yeah, kind of just one thing led to another. I don't actually really remember a lot of it. Obviously seen the video a couple times, and people have asked me about it before, but um, yeah, I think you know matt's involved, that's your captain you all you obviously want to make sure you're defending him, and then you know some of our other you know vexes in there and it just you know you kind of just you kind of just grab somebody like normally and and I think it got a little bit out of hand and um yeah, looking back on it, it's kind of funny that you know I'd probably be the one of the last few guys to be you know get into the fight or get into a fight in college and and i end up with the suspension so but obviously i I knew uh what had happened i didn't even know that that was a penalty at the time or would have been suspendable offense to rip someone's helmet off so um i guess i kind of learned my lesson the hard way in that regard but yeah honestly you just kind of are protecting yourself defending yourself and um i just think you know we kind of once matt was involved we all kind of just you know Band of brothers or something that was huge for us at you kind of just became in that that regard
1: yeah I'm looking at the uh, score sheet from that game you did not get a penalty out of that surprisingly enough so but you got suspended so I mean how, how surprised when you found out you got a one game suspension
6: yeah I, I like I said I didn't even know doing that was a suspension and I don't even know why I did it in the moment I think I was just so heated that somebody was coming after me um you know and I I guess it it kind of just like I said you know emotions get get the best of you and um yeah there was no penalty on it but obviously it's when those things kind of happen i uh, from my understanding it's a reviewable offense so um yeah I just think like like I said I learned my lesson the hard way as to you can't do that and and uh it was unfortunate and getting to miss the the next game kind of sucked, and uh, but yeah, obviously you're 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 not. Uh, we weren't really expecting to to have that happen, and um, uh, I, I I think you know even just down the road, and maybe we get into it after, but I think that that was kind of a, a turning point for us in our season. Yeah. Obviously, you know, statistically wise or or wins and losses speaking, but um, yeah, it just uh, yeah, just it kind of was what it was, and sometimes that happens when emotions are high.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, set out the game against St. Lawrence, and that was a, a loss to the Saints. And then the next night, you're back in the lineup. You're down two nothing to Clarkson, and then you score a goal, and you know, Union ties it. Then Clarkson takes the lead, and then you guys end up winning. You insisted on Max Novak's power play goal midway through the third period, and then Matt Wilkins scored uh, a few minutes later. I mean, what, how much of a turning point was that uh, RPI game? I say you lost the next night, but then you didn't lose again the rest of the season.
6: Yeah, I just I think like, a, you know, when you look back to it, I think the turning point was just like everybody coming together. And it was like, you know, we lost in St. Lawrence. I think that that was a tight game. If I'm not mistaken, it was 2-1. Yeah. Um, but but I think, you know, then you go into the next night and now you got myself back. I think Eli was back. Matt wasn't. Um, and now, now you're kind of looking at, OK, Joe Dume is behind the bench. Um, you know, and and it's like kind of the next man up mentality that we had as players, but then everybody kind of wanted to push and win one for Joe. That was like a cool part for us too. you know, even after in the locker room when we won and we celebrated, like we, we showered him with the Gatorade tub and (laughs) stuff and and he was loving it. Right. And I think that that kind of just goes to show like, you know, anybody at any point in time, you know, can next man up mentality, whether you're a coach or a player. And I think then, you know, going from there was, uh, it was kind of a cool, um, a cool start for us to kind of start to climb, and then you started started feeling like things were coming together a little bit, and the game started to turn a little bit, and um, yeah, it just it's just one of those things that you kind of you kind of really can't describe or articulate, but it was more of like a feeling, a feeling in the room, a vibe, like you know the group defending each other, all those kinds of things, and 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 yeah, obviously you know we kind of know the outcome of the of that season, but. Uh, in that moment, there's there's not many, like, words to put into it. It was just more of, like, a feeling in the locker room, how it felt going to the rink every day. And it was kind of, I don't know, just felt a little bit different after that um, incident in RPI. It was
1: two, it was two days later. Was that Monday after Late Monday afternoon, there was a press conference at Mesa And, of course, I remember the uh, electricity went out uh, that day there. And you guys were asked, you know, asked by the media. It was just a lot of tough questions came out of that. What do you remember about that day? And uh, to be able to have to uh, face face us like that uh, with the, the scrutiny involved, with the with with the results of the brawl and the suspensions.
6: Yeah, like you know, it's tough, right? You, you, you there's so many emotions. You kind of feel like you let your group down uh, when you get suspended. Obviously, being uh, an upperclassman and someone that's highly r- relied upon that year. Uh, a couple you know both of us you know even Bodie obviously being the captain like you kind of just maybe maybe take a little self-reflection and think you know you let the group down but um at the end of the day you know it, it is a it is hockey and sometimes those things happen so we, we were able to kind of uh and again I go back to like the next man up it just opened the door for somebody else to kind of you know kick the door in for those two games and and have a chance to play and get some minutes and and you know gave a chance for Joe Dume to get his first taste of being the head coach behind the bench which was you know which was so cool we were so happy for him you know to have that moment um and and I just think like for us you know when we were sitting there it was you kind of got to take your lumps right you 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 did the crime you got to do the time and unfortunately you know you know, I, it was an unfortunate that they reviewed it, you know, it, maybe if that's not on video or not captured on video and I'm not front center <laughs> on that video doing that and the video was panned somewhere else, you know, we're talking a different story. But, you know, everything had a, has a funny way of working out, um, you know, obviously that that like that year in itself was just like. You know, we, we like I said, the vibe in the room towards going right to the end, you know, going to the floor and stuff like everybody kind of pinpoints it back to that brawl. But for whatever reason, you know, maybe each guy has their own individual reason. But for me, it was just like a feeling after that kind of just um, you know, indescribable, something that was indescribable. But you kind of just felt every day going to the rink and being with the being with the guys. And it was it just felt different. Um, and I think we knew that even going into the tournament and going into the to the frozen floor.
1: Do you laugh about it now? If you think, when you think about it, does it like, it a smile come across your face? Yeah, we had some fun.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's something that we always, you know, we kind of always go back to. It's 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 a part of that, you know, that 10 year right. So it's a part of that story. So you you can't think of the championship without thinking of that part of the year as well. Um, you know, and, and there's probably some other pivotal games that guys might go back to in their mind. So, um, but yeah, you know, even talking with some of the guys that, you know, on RPI that we, I'd crossed paths with along the way, um, post college career, like, you know, whether it be, you know, hockey or, or whatever, um, you know, it's kind of always just funny. to look back and, you know, even watching with, with, uh, Seth and, and I think, you know, Seth Pappert coach Ryan Scarful last year. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, having him like, you know, maybe them being together, you know, even RPI and Union alum and the historic behind it, and the history behind it. And Scarfall always kind of joke thinking like, hey, you know, is this guy even going to play me or what? Is he, <laughs> does he hate me? So he always kind of there's always been that, you know, still that rivalry in that battle. But, um, yeah, looking back on it now, you, like I said, you can't think of the championship without thinking of that moment um, at, at the uh, Times Union.
1: Now let's hear from RPI defenseman Luke Coarty, who uh, said uh, in the interview that his fight with uh, Eli Lichtenwald really wasn't much of a fight, but he claims it was more of a wrestling match. Luke, what do you remember about that night 10 years ago at the end of the uh, Mayor's Cup game?
3: Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, what I remember first and foremost was we hadn't beat Union in my college career up until that point. Uh, I think we were we lost to them five times my freshman year, uh, three in the regular ECAC year, and then we played them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost to them three times my sophomore year. We'd lost to them twice so far that year. So we were uh, pretty cold. Um, first, uh, I think it was the first period, maybe. The spear went into end on a handed and scored and did an ice grab in fr- front of our bench. And, you know, it kind of just... Showed us really, I mean, how good, how good he was kind of it's pretty typical, honestly, to have him, uh, have a good night against us. But, uh, we, we ended up having the win and towards the end of the game, it's that face-off and we're all excited and face-off play happens. Brock Higgs goes, uh, above the, the center ice dot, gets cross-checked in the throat, uh, by Bodie and, um, you know, we were, we were jumping off the bench at first because we were excited to finally beat them, but, uh, I, you know, things escalated pretty quickly. So there was the, the first part of it in, in our own end. Um, I immediately went to the red line because I figured that they would kind of clear off and start jumping into it. And they, they really didn't do that at first. Um, and then I saw things were kind of settling down and it kind of reignited pretty quickly, um, you know, with with Coach Bennett uh, going after apps, um, and then that kind of just restarted another another melee, and then you know the the rest with uh, you know the stuff by our bench. Um, so the coaches kind of going at it a little bit more. Are, our uh, hockey ops guy uh, Samias sit hopping on the ice, giving a shot over to uh, to Coach Bennett. Um, things kind of clearing off, and you know we didn't even realize what the trophy was for the Mayor's Cup. Because again, we didn't, we hadn't won it before, so we, you know, we got the pair of skates, and we went. You know, I thought it was pretty cool. We had a pretty good night afterwards, and then, you know, to. Follow up on that. You know, the next week, boat we were up in the North Country against Clarkson St. Lawrence, yeah. and you know, Unions our travel partner, and we're staying at the Best Western in Canton or whatever it was in Potsdam, and we're walking by everyone in the uh, in the hallways at the hotel, and it's just like, you know, it's one of those things. Later on that summer and throughout, you know, that point on, I had bumped into guys like Bodie and Colin Stevens and couple of other union guys we had a pretty good chuckle about it so i don't think it's uh you know you uh you, you texted me about this and then like i said my first reaction was i can't believe it's been 10 years <laughs> yeah, really um but yeah it was uh it was a pretty you know pretty fun fun thing to be a part of i mean obviously in college hockey they you know they frown upon that kind of uh that kind of situation but uh, all in all i mean it's a pretty good memory and you know, I'm sure I'm sure everyone on both sides uh, kind of just shake your head, give a chuckle about it, and that's uh, that's what I got.
1: Yeah, because I I talked to Kirk McDonald and he was saying he, he laughs about it now, just the fact that all that all happened.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you you could see you, you we've watched, we've all watched the YouTube videos of it. You know. You, You could see K-Mac on the bench. He was our volunteer at the time. He's taking his teeth out and put it in his pocket because he doesn't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah.
1: Because you got into a fight with Eli Lichtenwald. That was sort of a one-sided fight. I mean, you took a – I mean, what do you remember about that?
3: Um, Well, I was at the – so I was at the red line, and when things kind of started reigniting, I didn't initially see – uh, Bennett go after apps I was busy kind of j- jostling with a couple of the union guys because again they were I figured that they were going to go into the t- towards our end where the initial melee was going on so I wanted to kind of slow that down so I start jostling with a couple of them then I ended up you know tangling with with uh Lichtenwald and um I, I you know I, it was more of a wrestling match <laughs> than a fight you know, it wasn't uh you know we didn't we didn't really square off or anything like that. It was, it was just, you know, it was, it was a wrestling match. I call it.
1: What do you mean? Just the, the fact that, you know, Seth and Rick were going at, it, I mean, I me mean, looking back on I me. Mean, was it still shocking? Is it still shocking to think that, you know, they were almost you know, ready to exchange uh, you know, punch? I know there were some thrown, but yeah, you know, they didn't connect. Fortunately. <laughs> yeah.
3: You don't see that uh, that often, uh, at, you know, in, at any level, I mean, the closest you can, um, you know, compare that to is sometimes you'll see football coaches, you know, mother effing each other after a game, um, you know, after, you know, in the handshake area, whatever. Uh, But yeah, you don't really see that too often. And, you know, again, uh, you know, I'm sure apps will tell you the same thing. If you, if you watch that video, uh, I believe the linesman, I think Glenn Cook was one of the lines. Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, Joey Testa, who I know too, they're trying to hold back Rick Bennett, and he's pushing them backwards to get at Apps. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Apps will tell you it's, you know, good for him for kind of standing, standing, holding his ground, and everything like that. But you know, everyone knows who Rick Bennett was as a, as a player, and he's a great man too as well. I've seen him quite frequently, uh, you know, or, you know, in, in hockey to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, 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 could have been a, a little bit ugly, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it just a funny, funny event.
1: What was the mood like in your locker room afterwards?
3: Well, we were excited to win. I mean, you know, the thing to it, and sometimes when those things happen, whether it's a, a real brawl or, you know, you have one of those situations and, you, you know, you think it's, it'll galvanize the group, um, and well, and from union's perspective, it kind of did. I think they lost the next game. Uh, it was probably St. Lawrence. Yeah. Yep. Play Clarkson. Yep. And then they went on as when they went on a tear, you didn't lose until they, you know, finally won the the national championship. So, you know, you know, you could say it kind of did it, did it for that group for us. You know, we were just excited to finally, finally beat union. I mean, that was kind of a, like I said, it was a pretty one-sided rivalry up until that point. Um, and yeah we you know we were excited and then you know i think it was when we were on the bus heading back towards uh troy is when we kind of realized that a couple of us were gonna have to sit the next game and you know it was what it was but uh yeah i mean like i said we were we were happy to win we finally got to beat you know our rival even though it was a it was very one-sided to that point um, and we didn't even like again we didn't even realize that there was a trophy involved for it, that there actually was a you know, a set of skates or whatever it was. The, the, yeah, the Mayor's Cup. The, yeah. the skates was the yeah, regular season right. uh, victory. But, yeah, I mean, really good night afterwards.
1: Let's take a break, uh, and we'll hear next uh, from Union Head Coach uh, Rick Bennett and RPI Head Coach Seth Appert. You're listening to the special edition of the Parting Shots Podcast.
6: Hi, I'm Daily Gazette news columnist, Andrew Waite, and host of The Weighing In Podcast, which takes you inside my award-winning featured news column by offering the backstory, thought process, and interviews that inform my work. Plus, readers have their chance to respond. The Weighing
5: In Podcast is available at dailygazette.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, everybody, this is Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio's Freddie and Harry, 3 p.m. to 7PM Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. You're listening to the Party Shot Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Scheid.
1: Welcome back to the podcast as we uh, look back at the 2014 Mayor's Cup Brawl on January 25th at uh, Times Union Center between RPI and Union. Of course, as I mentioned in the open, uh, the, the main event was uh, Union Mets head coach Rick Bennett going after RPI head coach Seth Apper, Rick Bennett, ended up getting a four-game suspension, two from Union, two from ECAC Hockey. Uh, some of the headlines that uh, we had in the Gazette uh, those couple days, um, and I should mention, um, the Monday after the suspensions were announced, uh, Union held a press conference in the lower level of Messer Rink, and it was an eerie day uh, inside. The, it was a late Monday afternoon, and there was a power outage on campus, so the only lights... Uh, that were being used inside for the press conference were the uh, television camera lights. So, it was otherwise it was dark around the campus and inside uh, Messerink. It was just a, an eerie sight. Uh, and some of the headlines that uh, we had ran in the Daily Gazette back then on uh, uh, the game story, my game story, the headline was "Engineers Outfight Dutchmen." And uh, columnist Mike McAdam, uh, his headline for uh, his column was "Route Seven Rivalry Gets Hotter." And then uh, uh, after the Monday press conference uh, in Tuesdays, uh, the January 26th or 28th edition of the Daily Gazette, uh, the headline of my story was Bennett. Uh, I'll learn from this. And uh, Mike McAdam wrote a column saying that the brawl tarnished uh, Bennett's image. Uh, I think in the long run, really didn't. Uh, If you think about it, because like I said, Rick Bennett is known as a tough guy. He was a tough player. As a pro hockey player, wasn't afraid to drop the gloves. Uh, you know, you get to know Rick. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, he's honest, which I, I for reporters, we love honesty. We don't like the you know, cliches and that stuff. And Rick always was a straight shooter never held back. And uh, that was the one thing we always enjoyed about uh, interviewing Rick. He, he was never never ducked a question, and um, he was honest. So. Um, I know it was that time was tough for him, and he had to miss those four games, but as I said, after Union lost the uh, game against uh, St. Lawrence up there, assistant coach Joe Dume ran the club for, the, for those uh, four games that Rick missed, and uh, Union, after losing to St. Lawrence, went on that 16-0-1 run, uh, culminating with the national championship. And ironically, if you remember, if you remember that um, our RPI Athletic Director at the time, Jim Dalton, was also the chairman of the NCAA Hockey uh, Committee. And it was uh, Jim Dalton who presented the uh, NCAA Trophy to Rick Bennett. So I, I found that very <laughs> ironic uh, there. But I, I I don't think anybody – nobody – you get the sense, at least talking to everybody, and especially what um, you'll hear from Kirk Donnelly, it was just – it's hockey, and that's what it comes down to. You know, and like I said, Kirk McDonald. You'll hear from him in just a bit. Uh, he, he, in talking with him a, a couple weeks ago, he said it's fun. It's it's it, you look back and you laugh a little bit. So and you do. And, and that's, like I here. we're just reminiscing. We're not placing any. Well, uh, we do place a little blame because Matt Bodie's cross check really got things going. But uh, and sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to you know blame you for this, but. <laughs> But I do appreciate you uh, reaching out. So, um, so let's uh, hear from uh, uh, Rick Bennett. Get his thoughts on uh, the, on that night. Uh, what do you remember about that night uh, ten years ago, Rick? I mean, obviously, uh, a chaotic ending. Uh, you know, obviously, you and Seth going at it. I Me, mean, what do you re- what do you remember it, about that night?
7: You know, it all was all happened so 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 quickly. From uh, from the end of the game, obviously it's uh, losing the game. It's a little bit of a sour sour taste, but you know it just all escalated pretty quickly, and you know unfortunately, you know what happened
1: happened. Hey, did you at the moment realize what you were doing? I mean, I mean, I, what what triggered you to go after Seth? You know,
7: it's just I guess the the the, the player inside you. You know, as a player, you're always going to kind of you know stick up for your players, and that's exactly what I was was trying to do. Um, would you do it again? No, but at this at that time, I guess uh, you know, again, the player inside you kind of kicked in, and you're always you know in this game of hockey. You, you know, that's a great thing about hockey. You're always kind of you're always going to stick up for for your teammates or you know your players.
1: Yeah. We I mean, were sort of at that, right there at the end when uh, Matt Brody checked uh, cross checked Brock Kings and the RPI guys were coming out to celebrate the win. Uh mm-hmm. how tough was it to hold your bench back while things were going on there?
7: Again, it's like I said, it just it was it happened so quick holding the bench back or not holding the bench back. That never really it just I think it happened before we, we could even say anything. Mhm. Is, is what I you know kind of recall. Yeah. So I can't really give you a definitive answer on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had to sit out four games. The union suspended you for two the day after, and uh, later that week, uh, EC hockey handed down two games for you. But I mean, what did you did you get a chance to reflect on what happened during that time you were away from the team?
7: No, I, I well, I you know personally, yes. There was just, you know just went through what I went through and made my peace with Seth, and Seth was was gracious about it, Um, and we we were fine, and to me, after we kind of uh, had our talk and met and were over with it, the rest was kind of easy, to be honest. It was just the fact of getting through the suspension and kind of watching your team from a distance, which... Ironically, it was a blessing. Yeah, and the fact that could watch the team and and just see it from a different lens.
1: Yeah, I know. Talk, I talk with Matt and Joe Dume It seems like everybody agrees that that sort of you know unified the team. There, I mean, you lost the next game at St. Lawrence, but then you didn't lose again. I mean, do you look back and look at that and say that was the defining moment of this team that you know ended up winning a national championship?
7: I can't say if that was. If you look across sports, right, especially the sport of hockey, and you look at the rivalries, there's always going to be incidents. However, whatever word you want to use for what happened, happened, and it brings teams closer. And I thought it brought us closer. Now, do you want it to happen like it did? No, you don't. But you know, if you look back and say, "All right, you won a national championship," and you and you look and say that could have been a defining moment, which I think we all would agree it did happen. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those in the sport of hockey that sometimes it happens and, hey, it did, it did what it did, but the end result I'll take it every day, all
5: day. I was
1: talking with Kirk McDonald uh, who, when he was a he was a volunteer assistant coach at the time, and he, he was telling me now you look back. he says he looks back on it and, and laughs because it's uh, it's kind of funny the way it, it worked out and everything. But uh, just can you laugh, can you laugh at that a little bit now? Looking back at ten years,
7: Jeez. I haven't. Do I, I look back and laugh? Um, No, not really. I just kind of—I don't really look. I haven't looked back. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just been so go, go, go with being involved in hockey that I haven't really talked about it since, like I'm talking to you. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's just me. I I mean, you mentioned, you know, Seth. You you, you smooth things out. Obviously, you guys later that year were at Dunkin' Donuts there on uh, uh, Troy Scotty Road, handed out coffee. I mean, how? I mean, was that me? it's kind of fun to do and just interact Seth that way and out of a hockey situation
7: I never had a problem with Seth Apple I didn't and I do that's the part I kind of kind of laugh about and it's just you know he he's moved on he's done done really well and I'm happy for him because I, I always felt for Seth that you know for his time at RPI it took a lot of let's just say needless uh you know let's just say you know publicity um i thought he did a real good job when when, when he was there just like i thought Dan Dan Ferguson did unfortunately they want you they want you out they're going to get you out and that's what happened to those guys
1: of course, we should mention Eric Bennett currently coaching the uh, ECHL's Savannah Ghost Pirates. Now let's hear from uh, Seth Thapper, who was the RPI coach and now who's coaching the American Hockey League's Rochester Americans, and he had a brief call-up to Buffalo and uh, when uh, Don Granato, the Buffalo head coach, was out ill, and he won a game. So uh, you know, congratulations to Seth, and uh, let's hear what he had to say about that night in January of t- 2014. Seth, what do you recall about that night? I mean, you guys, yeah, you know, you know, finally beat Union and had a chance to celebrate, and then everything went uh, sort of off the rails when Matt Bodie uh, cross-check um, Brock Higgs, and that's all. It seemed like all heck broke loose.
8: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there was. uh there was you know certainly no love loss between the two teams, I and mean, you played each other so much and we had a you know there was probably a five to seven year run there um where both teams were very good union better even obviously because they won the national title but but both teams were you know pretty consistently in the top twenty twenty five in the country over you know half of a decade or so and so it's pretty heated rivalry. Um, they had had the upper hand on us over the last couple of years with with Gosh, just spear there. Um, you know that was a big win in front of a huge crowd, and uh, you know we were jumping to celebrate the victory, and, and uh, we had a physical team. That was the strength of our team was probably our physical play, and, and uh, you know guys saw that and, and reacted um, uh, you know, accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, and then, and then at that point you got 20 guys in the ice and they have six and, and, uh, that's not, it's not a recipe for, for good things to follow. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know. What do you recall about the confrontation with Rick? I mean, that's, I mean, it's sort of the, I sort of, I think everybody's attention was focused on what's was going on with the players and all of a sudden we hear, you know, stuff going on we see Rick trying to get after you. What, what was the genesis of that?
8: I mean again, I think there was a long history between the two teams. Uh, we um, you know, earlier in the season, you know, we had done some things at the end of the game that weren't probably in the best uh of sportsmanship, right? So um so there was a real dislike over the course of years and, and history that it built up and um, you know, uh, oh, I assume, you know, he probably felt that, you know, maybe we had sent the bench or the bench went, um, when the reality was we were just out there to celebrate the victory.
1: Yeah. Um, what about the relationship? Was it, was it strange a little bit after that? Or, or did you guys settle things, uh, because I, mean, I think I recall, I think I think Rick said you guys met over the summer, and you know, straight. I think
7: we met earlier than that. that. I, okay,
8: yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I couldn't tell you for sure, but um no, I would say no. I mean, that's it's hockey. Um, that's you know, that's the culture of our sport. Is there can be differences and there can be altercations and potentially even could be fights. And neither one of us are proud of that. Um It's not the way you want to represent um your programs um it's spilled over um uh,
7: you know uh, we paid you know we paid our penalties in terms of suspensions um I, I think
8: it was earlier I think it was within the season that we uh got together and met for a beer and um you know kind of just Talk through the situation and and put it behind us.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm talking to a lot of people, both on Union side and RPI side. A lot of everybody is saying that that sort of galvanized Union because me, they lost the next game at Saint Lawrence and then didn't lose again. Do you agree with that?
8: I mean, I can't answer that. I wasn't on that side of things. Okay. You know, um, I mean, I think they were. You know, I think they were probably. Two or three or four in the country at the time so you know i don't you know it wasn't like they were struggling prior to that yeah um so um you know i thought they had one of the best teams if not the they proved to be the best team but, but all year long it felt like it was one of the best teams in the country uh with what i thought was you know the best Player in the country in college hockey that year.
1: Yeah. In talking with a couple of your, uh, you know, with uh, Luke uh, Clardy uh, and then uh, Kirk McDowell, they both said the same thing. They look back on it and sort of sort of laugh about it. I mean, can, ten years later, can can you look back and say yeah, it was, it's hockey? And you sort of, you know, have a little chuckle about it. Um, I mean, to be quite honest, I don't think about it very <laughs> much. So, um,
8: you know, but yeah I mean again I think those things uh, like i said it's not something that as a coach you want to happen um but you know it happened and and uh you know just it, it is what it is and um you know i mean I think I was pretty i think I was pretty strong in my press conferences was, of was, you know my what I think of Rick in yeah. terms of a positive manner. Um that uh that he's a heck of a coach and a good person and, and a great teammate, and the kind of guy that um uh, that you want to go to battle with because because of those attributes and sometimes everybody's strengths can be their weaknesses and it's spilled over and uh that happens and you move on from it.
1: As I recall, I mean the the league came out with the suspensions on that Monday <laughs> But then they waited to suspend Rick two games and you I think was a, a game or so and I I know when I reached out to you you weren't happy about that. Uh do you remember that though? why did the league wait uh, till like Wednesday to, to uh take action on the coaches? Uh,
8: no idea. Mm-hmm. Don't remember at all. Tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I yeah. I don't I don't remember that why or so, you know. So the how that transpired.
1: What was the locker room like after the game? Um well it was a big win,
8: you know? Um you know, it was a it was a big win um you know for our program. I think we're coming off you know, we had a great year the year before, finished second place, just, just missed the national tournaments. Um, I think we were one of the last teams out. We were in the tournament, I think a year or two before that. That year, we felt we had a better team, uh, than the year even before where we finished second. Obviously, um, Jason Kasdorf was out for the whole season. So that, that, um, certainly impacted that year. Um, but, you know, we were still hanging around in a decent spot, even without Cassie, And, um, and that was a big win. You beat one of the best teams in the country, you beat your biggest rival in front of 11 or 12,000 people. And the locker room was, um, you know, as you can imagine, uh, quite jubilant.
1: I also had a chance to speak with, uh, Joe Dume, the assistant coach at the time, and now currently the associate. A head coach at Quinnipiac and Joe has some wonderful memories and about what happened on that night and uh, talking also about uh, you know being the head coach for four games. Joe as you know this season marks the 10-year anniversary of the uh, Mayor's Cup brawl. I want to get your perspective uh, of that night. Uh, what do you remember you know, vividly about uh, that night?
9: I remember we lost. <laughs> um, that's, that was number one. Is It was a It was a really good hockey game, and we ended up losing. Um, And I think at the end of the day, it it really was the turning point in our season where, you know, unfortunately, those events happened. Um, You know, I'm still friends with Rick and with Seth, and, you know, we kind of joke about it now. But I think after the game, it was one of those moments where our team really came together, and everybody knew – Coaches, players—we were all on the same team, on the same page, and from there, I thought we just kind of took off and we just took it to a whole different level. We ended up losing the next game, but we won—I think 17 in a row after that yep. to win the national championship. So I thought that was the, a big springboard to what we did.
1: When you, uh, yeah, when you saw Rick going after Seth, I mean, what was your first reaction?
9: It just happened so quick. Um, you know, I was kind of right there and. I, it's it's hard to even explain. Like, you, you don't even... It just happened so fast, and it was over fast, it seemed like, that my my initial thought was just, like, to separate them, and where's everybody else, the assistants, and the players, and make sure nobody else gets involved. Um, but, yeah, for me, it was just a blur. Like, I, it, it just happened quick, and there was no thoughts, and then it was over, and, and that was it. So, I, I didn't have, like... A thought process of you know a minute to think about it it was just it happened it was done and then we were off the ice
1: did you guys talk about it afterwards uh among the coaches uh about the situation
9: no after the game rick addressed the team briefly and then that was it i mean he was dealing with some other things and and everything was kind of over with, and we we kind of knew there was going to be some issues and, and some stuff that came down, but we didn't as a staff we didn't really talk about it. It was more of Rick addressed the team right after, and um, and then we just moved on. That was it, and then we I think we found out that next Monday that Rick was going to be suspended.
1: Yeah, uh, of course you had to you know take over as the interim head coach for four games. Uh, what did any advice Rick give you heading into those four games?
9: Uh, he was great. He just was like, hey, Joe, like, you do what you do, and, and you know, I'll be here to support you. Don't feel like you have to, you know, call me and ask me, hey, what are we doing here in practice? What are we doing in the games? Even lineups. He was. I asked him about a lineup for the next game, and he's like, Joe, it's your decision. You know what? You're the one that's there. Um, you make that call. And I remember I ended up sitting a player who, who played a lot for us, um, the next night at Clark's and I ended up sitting him, but, uh, you know, I talked to Rick and he was great. He's like, Hey, you were there. You, you're the one living through it. You make that decision. So he was very hands off and, and, uh, which was nice. Like it was, it was hard. It was, it was hard to make those decisions. And, and whatnot. But I think we had such a veteran leadership group that those are the guys that were running the team. I mean, they, you know, Dan Carr and Matt Bodie and, and Shane Gosper kind of just took over and, and it was kind of their team and they ran with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I remember about the games, I, I thought it was one. I think to me, I maybe I'm, maybe it's old age is creeping in here, but I see like Union was sort of disinterested in that game. They didn't even have to have a spark in that game. And I think the frustration boiled over when uh, Matt Bodie cross-checked Brock Higgs there at, at the horn, and that's when everything took off.
9: Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, from a person in the locker room, I would I would definitely – I wouldn't say we, were, our team was disinterested. Like, we were definitely up for that game. Maybe we didn't play well. Maybe we just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we, we were up for those games. Our guys did not like RPI. They wanted to beat them. They had – You know, they had a passion for that game. And, you know, we just didn't have it that night. And credit to RPI. They played great. They played hard. They played heavy. They played physical. And, um, yeah, it was one of those things where I think at the end of the game, Matt took, I believe, a penalty, the cross-checking penalty. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it was just kind of was what it was in the sense where the horn blew. That happened. And RPI's whole team came on the ice to celebrate, which they should. Like, they just won the Mayor's Cup. And our team didn't go on the ice, so we held, and then a kind of a melee broke out, and it was kind of their whole team versus, you know, our five, six guys that were on the ice. And I think that's, you know, it kind of started from there, and then it just escalated, I guess. Yeah. Good times, though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, looking back, you can kind of laugh at it, but at the time, it was tough because... You know, Rick was suspended and there was it was two games and it was four games and there was some uncertainty there and nobody on our staff or on the team wanted him to be suspended. Everybody loved Rick and wanted to play for him and wanted him to be the head coach of that program. So I think there was a lot of nervousness that, you know, something was going to happen to Rick that, you know, nobody felt like he deserved. So um, I think I think that was a big thing within our team is we were we we're concerned for Rick.
1: Kirk McDonald was a volunteer assistant coach for RPI under Seth Appert. Uh, McDonald had uh, finished his playing career the season before, and he had uh, battled and won uh, against testicular cancer. Uh, Kirk is now coaching in the United States Hockey League with the Dubuque Fighting Saints. And Kirk had some great things to say about uh, that night in January 2014. So here is Kirk McDonald. So, Kirk, uh, what do you remember about that night? (laughs)
10: <laughs> um, jeez, where do I start? Um, I remember we hadn't beat, at the time, I hadn't beat Union in a long, I think it was like an eight-game losing streak or something to Union, um, at the time, and went into the game, you know, made some adjustments, obviously, because of guys like Ghost, um, and the game kind of, I thought it was a really good game, um. You know, from the outset, I think we got that game winner. I don't know if it was really late in the third, but yeah. at some point in yeah, was, the third,
1: it was about three and a half, like three, three and a half minutes or so left in the third.
7: Yeah,
10: that's right. And 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 then, obviously, I think Scotty Diebold that was a net, made a big save, and then there's kind of that scramble. Obviously, <laughs> um, the, you know, I I remember the end vividly, like the face-off with, geez, I think there was like point five seconds or one point five seconds on the clock, and um. It's right in front of our bench. The, the whole lower bowl's full. Um, the fan—it's—it's it's loud, and our guys are frothing at the mouth to jump over the, the boards. And I think half the team was over the boards before the buzzer went. And then yeah, I remember—I think it might have been uh, Bodie gave Haggerty a good shot no, was at actually, the buzzer.
1: It was actually Brock Higgs.
10: Was it Higgsy? Yeah, okay, it yeah,
1: yeah,
10: yeah, um gave him a good shot, and then all of a sudden our guys are already on the ice, and then all, you know all, all of a sudden all hell breaks loose, and um you know, I just finished playing like I, I I this was less than I think it was nine less than nine months, eight months or so since I'd finished playing, and um, um What's going on? Uh, so, I'm just thinking back. Yeah, so everybody jumps over the bench. And then I look, and I didn't even see it happening. And then Apps and Rick are, like, at center ice. Yeah. And uh, my wires crossed. Like, again, like, I just finished playing, and I just hurdled the bench and kind of started going. And then somebody kind of intercepted me. And next thing you know, we're all at center ice between the bench, like, on the glass. I have no clue how we got there. Um, and, like, I know Ronan. Um, this kid, their volunteer assistant coach,
7: mm-hmm.
10: and I are like right there, and I like, see so, you know me and Rick are face to face, and it was mayhem, like, um, and uh, and then it kind of kind of settled down, and then old Sammy Mason, who was doing our hockey ops slash video at the time, kind of gave Rick a little push as it all ended, and it kind of like, whoa, uh, you might be biting off a little more than you can chew there, and. and uh, um, looking back at it, and then, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, honestly, it was, I know it's not a great look because it's college hockey, but it, you gotta look back and laugh a little bit, uh, just like the whole thing, and then, it, you know, we kinda shook hands, kinda did it, and then, and then they still gave the trophy out, um, the, the, the mayor's cup out, and I remember that, I think it was the, the, the mayors of all three cities, Troy, Schenectady, and Albany, and then the presidents, we're like, I don't know if the presidents were there, but we were all, they were in the hallway, like, right where our bench was, where all this happened. Yeah. And it was just, it was utter may- mayhem. And, like, he kind of went back into the coach's office after. Like, what just happened? Like, we're all disheveled, uh, you know, and the boys are going nuts because they won the game and they just had a a brawl right as the buzzer went. Um, it, it, You know, I don't think, like, anybody, it didn't feel like anybody really came to their senses until, like, the next day. Like, what just happened? You know, because you never see that anymore, especially in college hockey, um, let alone at any other level, really. I've never I've never experienced anything, like with the coaches on the ice and uh, anywhere. And I spent eight years on the host, you know, um, nothing even close to it, to be honest. Um, you know, and people always – people bring it up. Like, you're not – you're not the first guy to, to bring it up over the years and talk about it. And I coached Matt, Matt Hash in Reading for a few years when I was an assistant. Like, we'd always laugh about it. Um, just, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, how things work, right? Was that the last loss you had the rest of that year? No they, they,
1: no, they lost the next game at St. Lawrence because they had some guys suspended. Uh, yep. uh, Bodie missed that entire weekend. Uh, yeah. Champion was suspended again, but he came back the the, the next day, and that, the uh, St. Lawrence game was the last one they lost.
10: Yeah, that's what I thought. So, like, you know, like, you know, it was kind of a turning point for, for them, not so much for us, um, in a good way. Um, but I mean, yeah, like, it's just one of those ones where I think now you can, I mean, I, I, I have a good chuckle about it. I mean, it's it's not something that's going to happen again. You know, like, it's just, um, and just the, the environment too that it happens like it was, um just I mean, I've run across a lot of union guys that I coached in, in Reading mm-hmm. uh, that played on those teams, and it just you know, it always a good laugh. Like I was, at, I was the volunteer assistant there on the ice, and they were like they pulled up on YouTube, and there there we are together,
7: you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have to see. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you look back at it now and. I mean, I know I was critical of it because I grew up in the 70s with the Broad Street Bullies. So, I mean, to me, that's like, this is like, okay, no, you know, it's, it's college, yeah. you're not allowed to fight, I understand that. But, uh yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's you look back now, it's like you smile a little bit because it's... Yeah, like, like it's, it's, hard, it's no harm, no foul, it's, it's right? This, like, it's a legacy of this rivalry.
10: Yeah, like, you know, sometimes the emotions get the better of you, but I think, you know, and and apps and Rick handled it well. Like, you know, I think they're serving coffee at Dunkin' the next year or something like that. Like, at the end of the day, like, we're all intense. And, like, I, 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 you know, it's funny. Like, Rick was always, when I got to Reading, um, and, again, we were in there, like, trying to rip each other's heads off and when i got to reading like rick was the easiest guy to talk to when you're like a lot of college coaches will pick up the phone for guys when you're at that level like they just think they're too good for you and not rick like he would pick the phone up he would he would give a detailed detailed report on his guys he'd give any questions about somebody else in the league he'd be more than willing to ask like we spoke a lot because when he went to savannah i had left for dubuque at the same time so we'd spoken a lot when he was trying to learn the league rules it's salary cap all that stuff and how the recruiting works so we spoke a ton early when he got that job um it's just funny like you know like i don't I'm maybe, again, old school, but it's like, hey, it happened on the ice, and you can go up have a beer after, you know? Like, it's just, it's an emotional game, and sometimes emotions go over too much, and that was the case that night, but um, now, like you said, you can kind of look back (laughs) and have a chuckle.
1: Let's take one final break, and uh, coming up after the break, we'll hear from one of the referees in that game, Chip McDonald. We'll also hear from Times Union Center General Manager, now MVP Arena, uh, Bob Belber, uh, get his thoughts uh, on the situation. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
5: I loved playing high school sports growing up, and it's fun being a fan now, don't get me wrong, but sitting in the stands feels like I'm missing out on all the action, you know? I wanted to get back in the game, so I signed up to be a high school official. It takes me back to my playing days. I'm supporting students, and I get paid to make the big calls. Do you want to see the game up close? Sign up to become an official in New York at highschoolofficials.com.
1: This is Union College Women's Hockey Head Coach Josh Skiba. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shot. Welcome back to the podcast as we look back at the uh, Mayor's Cup brawl between Union and RPI hockey teams uh, from uh, January 25th, 2014. The officials in that game had a lot of sort out after the ice cleared and uh, the trophy was presented to RPI. Um, Chip McDonald and uh, Scott Whitmore were the referees in that game. The alignsmen were Joe Testa and Glenn Cook, and they had their work cut out for him trying to break uh, up fights and uh, the referees trying to track everything as far as who did what. Uh, They went back uh, to their locker room, And I remember, you know, writing my story, getting the press conferences in, and and, then writing my story. And we sort of had to wait. Uh, The reporters had to wait to uh, file their stories because um, they were still figuring out the penalties. And it wasn't until until after 11 p.m. when we finally got the uh, final game sheet uh, with all the penalties. And uh, we had a lot of to type in, obviously, with uh, the number of penalties that were. Uh, assess them. Yeah, honestly, they did not get them all as we mentioned. Daniel Champini got a one-game suspension for a face mat, grabbing a face mask, uh and which wasn't was uh, you could see on video, but uh, it wasn't detected at the time. And that's what happened. You can't you can't get it all. And that's you know that's why you have video, and that's why you have your um, uh, officials like Steve Hagwell, who's the commissioner at the time, and then the director, director of referees at the time, Paul Stewart. Uh, they looked at the tape, and so they you know, were able to issue additional penalties uh, for that situation. Uh, Chip McDonald one, was one of the uh, top referees in the ECAC hockey. He re, uh, retired a, a couple of seasons ago. It was great to catch up with Chip, when I, and, and uh, we talked about what happened that night, and he had some great insight into that. Yeah. Well, Chip, talk, talk about that night. Uh, what happened with everything? I mean, it, it started with with the cross check by Matt Bode on Brock Kigs, and I mean, the RPI got teams coming out to celebrate the victory, and you sort of you the kept their bench for a little bit before things got out of control. Be what, what was you? What was your view from the whole thing?
2: Well, the thing I remember about that game in particular was that. In the third period, and you can check the box score and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we got a single penalty in the third period of that game up until that point. And I just remember it being an icing, and I always tell the younger referees, you know, all it takes is one hit to change the complexion of a game. And it happened to be the hit with Bodie on the cross check. It was kind of like the perfect storm. Mm
7: -hmm.
2: So the the game was ending. RPI was winning. Bodie had the cross check. And, you know, and then the kind of the shit storm started because RPI was coming off the bench to celebrate. And so you had guys coming off the bench. And I I think Coach Bennett tried to to hold the guys back, but then the emotions got the. The better of all the guys. And, uh, you know, it's a rivalry. And it, it was a big game. So <laughs> I just, my thought process with the whole thing was, you know, how are we going to sort this out? Because it just started. <laughs> I just, I, I remember Bodie starting the whole thing. And then after all is said and done and all the chaos and separating the players and trying to figure out who was doing what. I remember Bodie trying to be the first guy to get in the handshake line to, uh, you know, to, to shake RPI's hands. And at that point, we weren't going to allow him to shake hands because we didn't want any further chaos. But, you know, there's a guy that started the whole thing and then he wanted to be the first guy to shake hands. Yeah. So I kind of thought that was kind of, kind of funny, and, you know, in retrospect. Yeah. But, uh, I just remember like, you know, Glenn Cook getting in between, uh, Seth and Ricky and the two of them, you know, and in, in separate the two of them from being in a fight. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think Coach Bennett sent sent uh, Cookie a, a little note later saying thank you for, for uh, getting in between us because I think ultimately that game, from a competitive standpoint of view, propelled Union um, into – you know, made them tougher. Got into the uh, national, uh, you know, won the league championship that year and then won the national championship in,
8: in Philadelphia. Yeah. So.
1: Now, I, I remember, you know, after the postgame press conferences, yeah, I mean, you and Scott Whittemore had to go through a, a bunch of stuff. Because I don't think we got the final score sheets until about 11 o'clock. Because we were waiting for <laughs> yeah, the we the, um, the
2: so So, at, at the time, you know, now with video replay and the game being televised, we we're fortunate to be able to go back and look at the video to, to, um, pretty much sort out what it had, get the correct players names and numbers. So we spent probably a good half hour, you know, going through tape and sorting it out, um, to try and determine, you know, who was going to be penalized and what, because I mean, you got guys coming off the bench. But they were coming off the bench to celebrate, and then now all of a sudden, man, it, it, you could have mul- you could have a situation with mul- multiple disqualifications. So, we tried our best to sort everything out, and then let the league determine, you know, what what the disqualifications were going to be. So, but uh, you know, they're fun to be a part of, but then you get the chaos of it. But it, it's what I'll always remember for the rest of my life, you know, to be a part of. It's, uh, you know, it's something you can YouTube on. I think you can YouTube it, and just say Mayor's Cup, you know, two thousand fourteen. And it's it's something that uh, will always be always be in lore for sure, you know.
1: I Me, mean, because uh, I, I, I know, you know there, there were some pelis that they. I think uh, Stewie and. Uh, Steve Hagwell issued afterwards because I know, for example, yes. Daniel Champini wasn't penalized, but he got a game suspension right. for the fa- for grabbing the face mask and ripping it off. So I mean, I mean, yep. how tough? I mean, how tough was it to go through that uh, whole? you know you said video was easy, but how tough was that to you know, try to sort all that out, and make sure you got things right, and, and not didn't, you know, maybe penalize somebody who shouldn't have been penalized?
2: Well, it, it's it's hard because you know you got the adrenaline rushing, um, you know, you don't wanna, you don't wanna penalize guys that, that don't deserve to be penalized, but you wanna make sure you get the, you know, the, the guys that started it and, and um, you know, ultimately, you know, you, you do the best you can with the video clips and the angles that you have because we didn't have all the video angles. All we had was what was, um, you know, down on the videotape. So we didn't have the the side views, and you know, you, you ultimately you miss some things, but you try and get everything right as 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 best you can. Yeah. So,
1: what was when you guys got back to the, your locker room? What was your reaction uh, of of the guys in that in that locker room when you, you know, got back in there?
2: Well, I mean, obviously the the emotions are running high, and you're and you're like, wow! And I said, all it took was one hit. And and then chaos ensued. So you're like, boy, that you know, it's it's not something that typically happens in the game. And when something when you get a bench-clearing brawl like that, you know, it's uh, you know you you try your best to to uh, you know keep your emotions down and keep calm as best you can. And you know sort through it and and uh you know but at, at the same time it you know it's it's a game that somebody'll they'll always be talking about but like I said all it took was one hit and it was an icing and I think the the uh, correct me if I'm wrong I think the the uh faceoff was in the RPIN That's
1: correct yes and that's the correct game,
2: and the and the game was was essentially over you know so you know when something like that happens it's I think the players sometimes don't think they're going to suffer any consequence because the game is, is quote-unquote over. And, um, you know, they could, they think they might be able to do some things they can get away with without being, you know, punished for it. So I think that's that's kind of the... But it's always fun to be part of those games. And I was always privileged to be able to do games like that and and I think it just added to the lore of the rivalry between RPI and Union because it was always a fun rivalry to referee. They were always tough hard-fought games no matter what the level of the teams were whether they were in the top, you know, 8 or 10 or at the bottom of the league or or whatever it's just always always a fun game to do. And as an official you you know you get up for those games and you want to do your best, be fair and consistent, and, and just, uh, you know, and, and enjoy the moment, which I always did, you know, because I always felt privileged to be part of the league and to be able to officiate at that level.
1: And finally, let's hear from uh, Times Union Center, now MVP Arena, General Manager Bob Belber. Uh, I asked him one Tuesday prior to the uh, Mayor's Cup press conference for the, this Saturday's game about if, if there was any extra security measures that needed to be uh, installed after what happened on the ice. Uh, what do you remember about the, the night of the, the, the bench clearing brought at the
0: end of the game in 2014? Well, that was quite an event. Uh, I remember being behind the bench, and I believe that was the first Mayor's Cup that uh, Mayor Sheehan attended. She had just become mayor, and uh, seeing her mouth wide open and gasping at what she was watching was uh, quite something to see. Now, did you have to implement any extra security measures after the game? Uh, You know, we we have security for um, all of those areas, and we had security that night. But when something like that breaks out on the ice, um, it's not something that our security can jump out and, you know, prevent. Um, the coaches, staff, and so the officials do what they can to make sure that things get brought back to, you know, a sense of normalcy. Um, and, you know, tempers flare sometimes. You've seen it on the ice before uh, with other, you know, coach on coach or whether it's player on player. Um, and in this case, it just happened to happen right in front of the bench, right at the end of the game. And it was, uh, it was a huge amount of exciting, uh, excitement at the time. And I think that um, that that made that game more memorable than probably any other. Yeah. Did you have to implement any extra security inside the uh, the, the runways between the locker rooms at all, or is it, or is everything just normal at that point? We automatically do that as as a protocol, so you know that's something that was already in place that night, uh, and we added a couple more people beyond the I think two that we had there, so just to make sure that there wasn't any kind of crossing, uh, but. That's something that we do for all hockey events. Um, actually, for a lot of sports events, we, we try to make sure that there's security presence between the teams. What do you think it did for the, the rivalry? I mean, just, it did, and it, did it enhance the
1: mayor's Cup as the second one? and Obviously, brought a lot of probably unwarranted national attention to, to this game.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was probably unwarranted national attention, but... Uh, I think it also stimulated the fan bases for both Union and RPI to want to go and attend obviously the next year. Um, you say it was the the second year, so I can look back on my attendances here, and I'm sure I'll see that the yeah, third there's year
1: seventy 7, one hundred yeah, yeah so so
0: it went from sixty six seventy three in year two to eighty two sixty four which was the highest attendance of the ten years. so you know we' didn't, we obviously would never want to. Uh, you know, hope that there was any kind of controversy like that on every game um, but obviously I got the fan bases going and the media going and um, I think it made the event even bigger on that third year uh, and then thereafter uh, it was still big in the fourth year with 8134 for an attendance very close to what it was in 2015 and on average it's, it's averaged over 6200 per year Uh, for 10 years. So it's a great event. Um, People have been asking me for some time now over the last two or three years, when are we going to bring back hockey? Well, we're bringing it back this Saturday and it's going to be a great college game. So we, uh, we can't wait to host it again.
1: And that will do it for this, uh, edition of the podcast. This was a lot of fun to uh, reminisce, uh, with everybody. Uh, and obviously it was an interesting situation 10 years ago and, uh, I'll write about it in my opening face-off column uh, later this week. So I want to thank Matt Bodie, Brock Higgs, Daniel Champiti, Luke Cardi, um, Rick Bennett, Seth Appert, Joe Dume, Kirk McDonald, Chip McDonald. Uh, Chip was MC, by the way, not MAC like Kirk is. And uh, Bob Belber for their uh, time and uh, thoughts about uh, what happened on that night. It was a memorable night, uh, not for probably for the right reasons, but... Uh, Obviously, uh, you look back and uh, it's one of the most uh, interesting moments in this rivalry between Union, and RPI. Those two teams will play on Saturday in the Mayor's Cup, the 11th edition of the Men's Mayor's Cup, and the uh, 6th edition of the Women's uh, Mayor's Cup will also take place. Uh, That game will start at 3 p.m. Saturday at MVP Arena, followed by the Men's Game at 6 p.m. You can follow our coverage. Uh, Mike McAdam will also be down there covering the women's games. You can follow Mike at Mike underscore McAdam. You can follow me on uh, X and Threads at Slapshots. Coming up uh, on Thursday, I'll have uh, my weekly segment with Union Men's Head uh, Hockey Coach Josh Hodge. We'll talk about uh, the Garden Chargers. Another five-point weekend last weekend, and uh, they finally find themselves tied for second place with Clarkson in the uh, ECAC hockey standings. We'll talk about that. We'll get uh, Josh's thoughts on uh, this Saturday's Mayor's Cup. Uh, and they also, we're going to do something different. Normally, the uh, Josh Hodge segment is a, um, a standing-alone segment, Standalone segment, but we're going to include sound from uh, Tuesday's Mayor's uh, Cup press conference with, uh, we'll have sound from uh, the RPI uh, coaches, Dave Smith for the men, uh, Brian Vines for uh, the women, then Josh Skiba for the union men, We'll have or union women, I'm sorry. And then we'll also have um, some of the players uh, for, from both teams. So we'll have a really a full, a round, full uh, rounded uh, podcast coming up later on Thursday. So if you have any questions for uh, Josh Halgie, uh, or for the podcast, you can email it to me at SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T at dailygazette.com. You can also uh, post them on X at Slapshots or Threads at Slapshots or on my Facebook page if you are a Facebook friend. And uh, so I, we pre- I appreciate the, your contributions to the podcast. And uh, Josh, I know Josh looks forward to answering uh, the Union fans' questions. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schatz. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.